Okay, that's then... enough break. Today, we're going to interview... I, I'm going to... Why do I always say we? I don't know why I always say we. But I am going to interview Wyatt Spithaller. Hey. Wyatt Spithaller, welcome to the studio. Thanks for it's having not, me. I, do you like, in, you the, like, in the studio, it's a great studio decor. that is feels very homey. It, uh, you know, feels homey. a lot of people say that it feels very homey. And I like to provide an environment that people feel at least at home in. I feel as comfortable talking to you in here as I would in a shrink's office in a good way. Where I can just let is things... Is that a good way? Let things out from the <laughs> is depth. That a good, is that a good way? No. I feel like if I, I was ever seeing a shrink, I'm in a worse off spot. But <laughs> Probably. this is good. You know, uh, speaking of a shrink's office, uh, when I took um, Psych... I took Psych 100 at South Puget Sound. Fun oh boy. Fun times, by the way. We have different um, interpretations of fun times. <laughs> the poor, the poor lady that was teaching the class, um, like, oh, it, it just every time I walked in the class, I just felt judged, like I was gonna get psychologically evaluated in this class. And it's not even like what she did. I, I think she just, I don't know, I don't know what the deal was, but it was like, she didn't want to be there. And you could kind of tell. I feel like tell. a lot of professors at community college are that way, though. I've only met a handful yeah. in my yeah, two actually. years there where I didn't meet a professor that didn't want to be there. Actually, you know, I met I met a couple professors that really, they liked what they were doing, but you could definitely tell they were like, either this is the end of my career or it's a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And what's really, what's really interesting about having those professors is like, and you can almost tell which ones are like giving up. They're like, this is as yes. far as I will go. Yeah. And then there's other ones that you like. You can tell that they're on to bigger and better things after that. Yeah. For they're, instance, al- they're already looking at the door. Exactly. They're they're looking to you know get up and move out. So for for instance, um, I had an accounting professor at uh, South Puget Sound, uh, Tim Madeley, and Tim Madeley was probably my most favorite accounting professor at South Puget Sound simply because like he was a controller of a business. And then he owned a business, and so he, like, knew it, knew yeah, how to run businesses. that's what he did. Right. It, so knowing the inside, he could be like, oh, and by the way, you know, you actually use this in business. Right. <laughs> oh, and right. this thing, you'll never use it. Don't worry about it. You know, stuff like that. Right now, he's teaching my business law class at UW Tacoma. Oh, is he really? Yeah. And he's going to St. Martin's next to get his doctorate in accounting. That guy is just climbing the ladder. Dude, he's balling. He's, he's like, I don't know how old, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna guess Tim's age, but I, I would say he's like, well, I don't know. But he's old enough to retire, probably. He's on German's warpath to the, to the Atlantic. That's him, yeah. that's him. He's just yeah, he's, cutting everything down and burning it behind him all the way to the top. The whole way, and everybody, okay, so in his class, everybody loves his class again like so it's it's obviously you can tell why he's a good teacher because like consistently whether it was south puget sound whether it was you know tacoma like people like the way he teaches Mm -hmm. and he's just a really chill guy so um anyway it was fun to take classes from but he was one of the people that you could tell was not just there for the paycheck he didn't need the paycheck he ran the business 
he sold the business. Mm-hmm. Like, he and his wife make enough money so that he's yeah. comfortable, and yeah. he's like, I got this. Like, he's got everything unlocked. So, um, I don't know. It was it was really fun to um, to take a class from him back at South Puget Sound. Um, but you took you took Peter Rex's class. I did, and he was one of the professors I was going to mention by name that I could remember that yeah. you could tell actually felt like they wanted to be there and they were in mm-hmm. a good spot to help the students and wanted to help the students and see them succeed. Um, him and him and believe it or not, an English professor were the only two professors that I can oh really think of yeah yeah my English professor well my first English professor um, did a really good job. She kind of helped, or so it was an online class. Like no, my my English class was actually a linked one. It was linked with history, uh, and the professor for history was Eric Chase, the communist. And then <laughs> just you just Eric Chase parentheses the communist. Yeah, if you listen to any one of the two commencement speeches he gave, uh, that I was unfortunate enough to have to attend, <laughs> you could agree that that rightfully earned nickname i don't think he would hide it or deny it either which is yeah that's interesting about colleges <clears throat> yeah not that anybody i guess you know we're past the 1950s era of the only commun- good communist is a dead communist type well, like yeah. we're not gonna drag him out in the street and lynch him yeah type of thing no that's not what's gonna happen but no i mean god forbid <laughs> we would lose the first amendment if that happened i don't condone the lynching of communists this is not a this is not a good thing Due process, innocent until proven guilty. Yes. And for that to happen, you have to first break the law. And as far as I'm concerned, being a communist isn't breaking the law, which might shock a lot of people listening to this, (laughs) hear that come out of my mouth. But (laughs) I'm a 100% believer in due process. So, yeah. Um, Benefit of the doubt. But back to to the professor thing, um, my second uh, English professor... And I don't even know how he ended up as the English professor, just because I guess he got stuck with the job. Was um, oh goodness, I'm gonna forget his name. It was it was linked, so it was a linked class, right? English okay. 102 and um, sacred texts. Yes, I remember you talking. And it about was that class. Uh, yeah, and you had the professor too, and for oh, the, the curly haired guy. Yeah, that wore like flip flops, like Josh but, Brolin from Sicario everywhere. He and he he always wore like two flannels. Every day he wore... Yes, two he wore flannels are like two hoodies. I've seen undershirt. that guy wear two hoodies before. Yeah. Undershirt, two flannels. Um, and the poor guy would... I mean... It was it was rough taking a... I mean, the class was obviously like two hours long. It was a long class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the first class I actually took at South Puget Sound. The other class that I took was online right before that. English 101. And um, it, was mostly, it was mostly a sacred text class. But what was really interesting was, like, they did the meditation thing, like, right before class, because it was sacred texts. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we studied Buddhism first, mm-hmm. or Hinduism? Yeah, we studied Hinduism first. And the, the, <laughs> the funny thing was, like, they had us sit down. Okay, now we're going to shut the lights off, and everybody just concentrate on that little voice inside, and just make just empty your feelings into nothing Hmm. (laughs) and it was like i sat there and i was like okay i'm gonna pray now 
And then, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, when we did that, in my first linked class again, which was like world religions with the same professor, that was like his his deal. And he brought in Buddhist thing, we did the meditation thing, and I was sitting in the back next to Josh Goodwin, and I just looked at him, and I was like, dude, I'm just going to sit here. This is is the next level weird. I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to keep my mouth shut, and then I just want to get on with class, but yeah, been there. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if he gave you guys this, but he gave us rocks. No, we didn't have rocks. Okay, so he Did got... you have to name the rock? No, oh. we didn't have to name the rock, unfortunately. It was not like Full Metal Jacket. I would have just named it Dwayne Johnson. That <laughs> would have been a good one. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's the rock. Um, but as soon as he gave us rocks, I walked mm-hmm. out of class. And I was like the first kid to walk out of class... Adam's and a protester. Check yeah, I know. It was, it was, okay, so it was the first time where I was actually like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this. Forget this. And I walked out of class and I sat down outside and they had this, like these old, I guess they used to be in the auditorium there. They just take out, yeah. took out some old auditorium seats and like, I guess bolted them to the ground or whatever. And there was this guy sitting out there and I was like, you know, young, naive. I don't know what's going on here. I go, oh, did you not like, did you not like meditating on the rocks either? And he goes, no, man, I spent a tour in Iraq. I can't sit in there with the lights off and my eyes closed. I can't do it. And I was like, hmm. oh, okay. So hmm. that's a completely different reason than I was, that I was going to be, you know, getting out for it. And when he gave us, by the time he gave us the rocks, it, we were like three weeks into the quarter and we had been doing this every day. And, like, the next class time, like, five people walked out. And by the end, half the class was walking out because we were like, eh, forget this. And that's when he was like, okay, so this, we're not, it's not working out to do the rock thing. So we're going to go ahead and move on. We're not going to do the meditation thing anymore. And I was like, yeah, because half half of us thought it was weird to do the rock thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So, use this inanimate object pass along all your feelings to this object. Well, It'll no, solve it was all like, your problems. It was more like concentrate on the on the subtle curves of the rock. Feel the inner depths of the rock and concentrate on it. And it was like focus your mind. Were you trying to be like Luke from Star Wars, just stare at the rock until it levitates and then we can start class? <laughs> I don't know. If that started Not happening, I would have... every rock is off the table in here. Are we going to start class? <laughs> yeah. No, I... If he would have kept going with the rock thing, I mean, he might have gotten to that point. I don't know if he... I, I mean, I don't even... He didn't even say that he was, like, Hindu. That was the interesting thing. Is he was... And I don't know... He never said what faith tradition he prescribed to himself. He, he never told just, us either. Yeah, he was just, other than I meditate when I walk down the block, pushing my kid in a stroller. He was just about as religiously ambiguous as he was with his clothing choices. Yeah. It was very hard to tell what's going on there. Yeah, it was. But, you know, when you have, I think he had a, do you have a doctorate or a master's degree? Uh, He had had a, mm, do you have a doctorate? I don't think he had a doctorate. I don't know. Either way, he had made it, and he was probably tenured, mm-hmm. and, you know, he was good to go. Yeah. And here's the deal. 
he was a really good teacher. To no, me. he could teach whatever he was teaching you really well. Yeah. And okay. he, what I really respect him for, uh, he, he helped us out at the Christian club too. Oh, really? uh, once he was the moderator for our, um, for our, uh, faith forum where we brought in, um, the Buddhist guy, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that represented Islam, uh, the Jewish rabbi, and we brought in a pastor. And um, he was the moderator for that. And he does a really good, fair job at that. Mm-hmm. And I really I really respect him for that. But number two, um, I did a paper. And we had to write papers in that class. And he would take selections of our opening paragraph to the paper, because it was English 102, obviously, mm-hmm. linked. And so you're telling me you had to write papers in English 102? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... Shock of all shocks. Some revolutionary stuff. I actually had to work for my college degree. Nice. Most people nice. most people do. Yeah. I mean, some people get by without it. I don't know how they do it. Like D1 athletes. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> D1 athletes. So, um, I, so I wrote this paper, and basically my th- I wanted to write it on the biblical flood narrative because that's what I know the best, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to write on the Bhagavad Gita. I didn't want to write on whatever sort of like extra apocryphal texts they had given us for Judaism. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write something on what I believed. So my opening, my opening paragraph for my English 102 paper that I later changed. Is this your, your first English 102 paper? Well, this was, this was like the main paper we wrote. We always, we wrote like little couple paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. Like your two pages or whatever. Yeah. But mostly oh it was a stupid easy english 102 class i don't know how they let us get by with that but they did uh but this this paper had to be like seven pages long or something like that or eight nine ten pages long and my opening paragraph said something to the effect of the biblical flood narrative has the most historical proof uh available and if you disbelieve it, you may have political motivations for disbelieving it. Like, you actively don't want to believe in God. You actively don't want to believe that the Bible is true. Whatever. And the the uh, the veteran dude that I had met outside, he blew a gasket. Oh, boy. I, I kid you not. He blew a he gasket. He was in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had his legs kicked up on the table. Like, on the table he was sitting at, he was, like, mm-hmm. way kicked, leaned back. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, so when they when they brought this up in class, um, <laughs> they brought up the snippet of the thing they wanted to talk about, and I was up there, but they didn't include names so that nobody in the class could get, like, okay. could, could come after you after class, right? I mean, prob- I, yeah, probably a good idea. Oh, probably a good idea. Really good idea in this case. <laughs> oh, because the dude oh. kicks his legs off the chair really hard, slams him on the ground, puts his hands on his knees, and the te- the professor goes, okay, does anybody have any comments? And the guy raises his hand and he's like, what is going on here? If you say that there's a political motivation for not believing the flood narrative, you've got something coming. Like, he legit freaked out. Props for at least raising his hand first, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, at least he was respectful in in his in getting his time, and so this professor, after class, goes, "Okay, everybody, thanks for coming. Blah blah blah. Don't forget X Y Z for next week, and I want to talk to Adam Carney after class. If you could come talk to me, that'd be great." 
And so I was like, oh crap, I'm in trouble. You're like, that was my piece. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was my, that was my paper that just got ripped. So I walk up there and he goes, I just want to make sure that you're okay. Are you going to be okay with, oh, with that feedback? Yeah, because he has to, yeah, the whole I, you like, know, safe space mentality. Right, yeah. he had to make sure that I was, that I was doing okay and that I wasn't going to like flip out or something. That I wasn't going to jump like, off a bridge or something. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm good. I expected, you know, that reaction, whatever. But I really respect him for taking that time because it showed that he actually cared about students. 100%. More than just, you're another kid in my class. Come in, listen to what I had to say, and get out. Mm -hmm. He actually cared about Yeah, he cared students. about what he was teaching, and he cared about his students and their well-being. Like, he, There was no doubt about that. You can disagree with whatever he was teaching all live long day, but the principles upon which he approached the class as a professional were very sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100%. think... 100%. I think, I, and I, I really respect him for that. And so he goes down as one of the professors that I remember fondly yes. for, yeah. for, for one reason or another. I mean, I sat in that class and disagreed all the time, but at the end yeah, of the day, I, I still respected him as a professor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. he probably hated having me in his class by the end of the term, but there was never a loss of mutual respect as professional and teacher versus student and learner. You know, mm -hmm. it was good. Yeah, for sure. So... For the people. For the people. Oh, boy. For the people. For the people. Russian National Anthem starts playing in the <clears> background. <throat> yeah, communism. Sounds like communism. Tell the people. I don't... I don't... So, I don't... I don't actually remember how we met. I, like, I don't. Oh, man. Because it was... And you listened to the, the last podcast with Johnny mm -hmm. Vince Bigelow. Mm -hmm. If you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one. It's really funny. I've gotten good responses from people. That it was a good first one, so go back listen to that if you mm -hmm. haven't. But mm -hmm. um, just so that the people have a little bit of background, I don't remember when we first met. I think it was homeschool baseball, um, and I think it was just when you guys came back into the town, back into Olympia from Bonnie Lake. Yeah, so it would have been two thousand thirteen, right? Two thousand thirteen. So yeah, yeah, it was through. It was through sports or it was just at church? No, I, I, I can't was, remember if it was the chicken or the egg, but it was one of the two. I think it was I think it was through homeschool baseball. Baseball. Sports. Pastime. America's pastime. America's pastime. Makes everything great. America. Heck yeah. And so well, oof. Yeah, I thought oof. Yeah. So, um and I think that was So the, six years I got Johnny beat. Right. Six years. By a year. Ooh. By a year. Nice. Um so, and some stuff, just kind of laying out for people, kind of what we've done together. Um, so that first, I think that first time I met you, you were mm -hmm. like, you had done Civil Air Patrol. Yeah. But you yeah. wanted something like it. Yes. And something so, different, but like it. Right. I was in Police Explorers at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, dude, you should totally check out Police Explorers. It wasn't yeah. anything like what you wanted to do, right? It was after I got into it, but law enforcement as a world of its own was not... Like, everybody kind of pairs military and law enforcement together. Yeah. So the, the the leap really wasn't that great, but just the fact that it was law enforcement versus military, didn't I didn't make the connection mentally. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, yeah, it was, it was very similar. Okay. So um, 
I, I recommended that Wyatt get into Police Explorers. Um, that knowing, same year, yeah. 2013, and all of like yeah. five months. No, no, no. Snowball. I think I recommended it to you the first time I met you, and you were like, oh, I, do so, I want to keep doing Silver Patrol. I was like, nah, bro. You want to do Police Explorers. We get to shoot at cops. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. For everybody listening, I did shoot at police officers. Yes. So did Adam. Both of us are almost gangsters, but not really gangsters because they asked us to do it. Yeah, can you believe that? Cops asked us to shoot them. Right. I actually, they give they gave me a one, like, legit 100 um, blank gun. Yeah, they gave us guns. Olympic arm. It was an Olympic arms AR-15. Mm-hmm. It had the Olympic arms stamp on the lower. Yep. And I think the barrel was, I don't know if it was a blank barrel or the barrel was ported. I don't, it was just it the adapter. It didn't have the adapter on the oh, end. it didn't? No. Hmm. Straight up, like, look straight up like an AR-15. So I don't know what was going on there. But they let me shoot at cops with that. Yes. And I got hammered with Sims because of mm-hmm. that. Uh, Sims, Simunitions. Simunitions, so yes. They, it's like paintball. They're like little soap-filled pellets, but they get shot out of a real gun. Yes. At you. and Very fast. They, they, they hurt, hurt more than paintballs. They hurt a lot. They can make you bleed almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> I was hurt. wearing three layers one time, and I got hit right on, like, the lowest rib. Oof. And I, I kid you not, it was a quarter-sized a purple spot. Mm-hmm. I thought I was legitimately I shot, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm just not feeling it yet. I'm just not feeling it. And then all of a sudden, the pain started, and I was like, holy crap, if mm-hmm. I actually have been shot, I hope they take care of me. Yeah. That's supposed to play dead, right? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I mean, this is a I'm fine way to die, I guess. Close enough to dead. Might yeah. as well be. <laughs> might, as well, might as well be. So. Feels like I am. But yeah. So we met circa this time, actually, 2013. Yep. Yep. Because we moved back down here in April. I think the first week of this month was like our sixth year down here officially. And then got a new Explorers, what, like June-ish? Yep. You right went before to, summer. Yeah, you went to Summer Academy. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That was an experience. See, okay, so you went to Basic Academy. Yes. And for everybody that's listening, Basic Academy is essentially like boot camp but for kids between the ages of like 16 and 21, um, where they essentially throw you into a pod with a bunch of other kids, make you dress the same, run around, scream yes sir for a week, make you do push-ups, make you do things you don't want to do, like running. I hate running. Wake you up in the middle of the night when it's pouring down rain outside. Yeah, so that for a fire drill, because mm-hmm. that's important. Um, although that fire drill was pretty epic. It was pretty cool. They they had, you know, search helicopters and squad cars and everything. Yeah. So it was cool. But at the same time, it was pouring down rain. We were all basically in our underwear. <laughs> basically, yeah. And that was, see, that was the one thing I could get over. It was like, what if somebody, like, almost sleeps butt naked? And they have to run out in the rain. You know, just don't be the last guy out. And I imagine it's fine. Yeah, that's true. Um, Oh, and don't forget the guide on. Yeah, don't forget. Did they make you guys leave your guide on? Nope. Because we grabbed ours. No, we, one guy brought ours, but we, 
we left somebody behind. So yeah. we did. We get the, We did get the flag because yep. we learned that lesson. This is like that's day the guide three. on. Guide on's the flag. Sorry. This is like day three, but apparently yep. we still hadn't we... learned that we're not allowed to leave somebody behind. And that guy, quote unquote, died in the fire. So our Casualties. yeah, our instructing officer, uh, needless to say, was was not very pleased. I did my part though. I had to punch my squad leader to wake him up because uh, he was a deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. And someone just didn't do the same for their guy, and, and, and we all got in trouble. Yep. So it was I, a learning experience. Oh, yeah. So the biggest thing about Academy is it's nothing but a learning experience the entire time. If you don't learn, you failed. Yeah, well, if you don't learn, it just means that you made everybody do more push-ups than they needed to. They, and here's the thing. They wouldn't kick you out. No. For sucking, they wouldn't kick you out. No, they'd kick you out for, like, disobedience and safety violations and... Well... I mean belligerency. Well, yeah. If you talk back, if you like, if you if you like hurt somebody or said like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like they'll, they'll let you go. Um, but for most people, it's pretty hard to get kicked out. Yeah. So I don't know. People are like, oh, that sounds like a really hard thing. Be like, no. There's like no way that you could, unless you request to be sent home. And or you have a major safety violation or just being a total... Or you get really hurt. Yeah, you, or you get, you get hurt. amazingly hurt, which I just don't see happening at Academy ever because it happens at a school. Well, you didn't go to Winter Academy. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Winter Academy looked like a different animal. Oh, completely. Because everything was ice. Everything's frozen, slipping and falling on your head and cracking yeah. stuff open. Yeah, I don't know if anybody... The worst... So my squad, Winter, when I did basic in Winter... Um, we had a girl that dislocated and broke her, uh, finger doing the PT test. Oh, nice. It was epic. It was epic. She came back. I think her name was Mendoza. Mendoza came back and she, like, her entire hand was wrapped up and we were like, yeah, Mendoza! Way to go! Nice. Trooper. Yeah. No, she, and she stuck it out for the rest of the time because that was, uh, second to last day we were there. So. Nice. Nice. It was pretty epic. Um... Other than that, we went to uh, college at the same time. Yeah, we were both at uh, SPS for... Did we overlap by a year, or was it the same two years? No, we overlapped by a year. By a year. Well, how were you... Because I no. started September 13th. Right, and I I basically was taking an online class September of 13. That's right, well, so that's you the were there... my parents paid for. You were there, like, co-currently, but not. Right. You were online. Uh, and then I spent two more years after that, after 13, so I spent 14 and 15 there. Um, and 15, you started in, at, at Central. Yeah, yeah, so I got out of high school with, what's it called? I sound retarded in right a. now. Yeah, an associate, well, I was going to say the other one first, but an associate's degree, <coughs> highest honors. <coughs> um, <coughs> and a high school diploma at the same time yeah in two years yeah it's pretty rad yeah that's that's the great thing about that running start program i i don't know about you but i've recommended that to like everybody i've talked to i only recommend it to people once i ask them do you know what you want to do if and when you go to a four-year university oh. if they can't answer that question i tell them no if you... they can't answer that question i tell them absolutely 100 percent because at least in my situation, thankfully, 
it wasn't too bad, but I did have to take one or two extra classes than I would have had to otherwise at Central. Okay. Based on not preparing well enough at South Puget Sound. Mm. So if you just take two years and you only want your AA, great, yeah. go for it, do whatever. If you know you want to get a science degree, then do your two-year biology or whatever it SPS and then move on to a four-year. But I just wouldn't recommend it if all you're trying to do with it is nothing. If you're just trying to do it to do it, then... See, but in my mind, I'm recommending it to people simply because get two years of college credits. You never have to get those. It never hurts. Right. It never hurts. It'll give you, it'll put you around older people mm -hmm. that have different experiences on life. And I mean, all the, all the people that were older than me gave me something that I could, and even if it was like something stupid, like, oh, well, I'm never going to do X, Y, Z and end up like you. Mm -hmm. Um, plenty of stories like that at a community college lots of stories like that at a community college but they're all instructive to young people mm -hmm. so that you go through and then you go oh wait no i'm gonna keep going or oh no wait i gotta do xyz or mm -hmm. oh well forget this i'm gonna go work construction or i'm gonna go work yeah i guess i should painter should clarify that in the sense that it's if i would always at least recommend trying it out because it's free right and you yeah. can get college credit but don't free except I don't, for books yeah and, and i don't ever books. i just don't tell people that like once you start you have to finish it feel free to use it as that exploratory period because if you try to use right. your exploratory period at a four-year university it costs <laughs> twice as much money yeah it's a giant waste of time it's a yeah. bigger waste of time mm. well and you're paying you're paying for room you're paying for like mm -hmm. Everything's more food. tuition, room, board, food, everything that you're paying else for out of your own pocket. Books are more yeah. money. It's everything. But if you want to use that two-year period to find out, do I want to do construction? Do I want to do management? Do I want to do biology or, or whatever it is? Yeah. Go for it. You use it. It's free. Pass the test and you're in. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't pass the test and tell them you take algebra two at home, but then you can get in. That's what I did. I couldn't pass the math test to get in. Work in the system. Yeah. But because I was homeschooled. I just presented them with my certificate that said I got through Algebra 2. What are we going to do about these homeschoolers? Just working, uh, working the system? I, I don't know. I say we let them keep working the system. They're doing pretty good. Yeah, it's not my fault. They're smarter than a lot of other people. Hey, I'm not saying that they're smarter, but they might be. Different life experience. How about that? Different, different view of what could, to do. Could one argue? That that differential in exposure to life experience is what makes the difference in application of acquired knowledge. I think so. So like at a public school, you're not taught how to do your taxes. You're not taught how to balance a checkbook. You're not mm -hmm. taught how to run a home. You're right. not taught how to start a business or different, you know, tax laws or anything. Right. In homeschool, you watch your parents do all that your relatives do all that it's depending on what curriculum you're in you're taught more or less of that depending because there's a lot of different obviously educational choices and then in your free time i heard i heard a lot about uneducation so it was kind of counter the idea that you have to learn on a certain trajectory and it was more like you find what your interest is and you pursue everything along the path of that interest that's an not, interesting point. Not necessarily to like 
the detriment of everything else. Like you still need all your basic skills, right? Right, right. But if your focus, like with Cutter, was cars, mm. the kids started watching YouTube videos and just pulling apart lawnmower engines at like 13. Yeah. And then now look at him. Look at the career path he's had so far. Right. Then that type of For everybody mentality. else, that career path is working at a local shop that's pretty good. Good local shop. Then going to Ferrari, okay, working on freaking, what, $500,000 vehicles? Uh, in, in north of. Yeah, and north of 500000 Um, That's a pretty good career trajectory for somebody straight out of high school. Yeah. But you have to have that kind of drive. On a debt-free education. Yeah. Through that Running Start program that we were talking right. about earlier. Right. To set himself um, up. And if you listen to this cutter... Come on on the show, buddy. It'll be good times. Shout out. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, he just turned it off. He, he just yeah, just straight up. Silence. I'm done. He's you driving know. to work on the road right now in silence. Yeah, just straight up. I did. I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> this is it. Um, but that, and I think one of the things that homeschooling allowed me to do was, you know, I would get my work done, and then in my free time. I do whatever. Like, I had a project in the backyard digging holes. And we would, you know, make rivers in there. And um, kind of what it taught us was kind of a little bit of, like, hydraulics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you're, like, you, you want the river to go this way. How do I get it to go that way? Well, you gotta, you can't, you can't just let it carve the dirt. You have to, you know, put rocks on the side that you don't want it to erode. Or, you know, how long does it take at, you know, a garden hose rate of water to fill up XYZ hole, right? Yes. Um, it sounds silly, but, like, I'm pretty confident. And I don't know. My dad does this stuff for a living, too. So I don't know if I, like, picked it up vicariously or something. But There's a good chance. Good chance. To some percentage. Some percentage. Uh, but, like... If I had to redirect the path of a river, I could probably do that now. Am I ever going to need that? No, because I got into accounting. <laughs> but Very, very different worlds. Very different worlds. But river I, redirection versus cash flow redirection. This is true. And redirecting, don't ask Lehman Brothers how to redirect or how to restate your books, by the way. That's what I've heard. Lehman Brothers did not do a good job. That is. They, they were too obvious. That is what I've heard. The good frauds never get caught. You never heard me say that. The good frauds never get caught. Um, well, we were on the we were on the college path. Okay, so we're on. Yeah, the that's where we were. Back so, to college. Back to college. You graduate. You graduate from South Puget Sound. You go to Central. Yeah. Central. So now you're a wildcat. How was that transition? It. As far as college goes, it was a lot of the same. As far as like, Class-wise. Cl- yeah, coursework-wise, the expectations of you, um, as far as your coursework, all that remains the same. Which again, so if you have the opportunity to recommend running start to someone, if only to get in the habit of that self time management and self drive to manage that type of coursework, then yeah, go for it. So all that was the same. Mm-hmm. The other half of it, the is a term we use in 
I might be jumping the gun on this, but in PT school. Okay. Called the bio. We'll get there. The biopsychosocial so biopsychosocial model. Okay. okay. So it's just combining all three of those things. How does the biology of one situation affect the psychology and vice versa, and the two of those things affect the sociology of whatever Ooh, you're talking about? So it's kind of an interplaying model of the thing. Yeah. Because we have to approach a treatment situation that way, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever's hurt, they're in pain. Total sidetrack. Anyway, all that changes at a four-year university compared to South Puget Sound. Because like at South Puget Sound, I lived at home. We'd commute to school. Right. Central, I'm living 200 miles from home. The climate is completely different as far as weather. The fact that there is literally zero adult supervision at any level, anywhere, except for when you're immediately in the classroom was completely different. It was great, but it was completely different. It was mm-hmm. a little bit of a culture shock. Right. Because um, you're probably dealing with people that came straight out of high school. Yes. Well, yeah. in, you're, in your classes, you were dealing with other juniors. Yeah. In my in my class, I was still working with juniors. Yeah. That, so I transferred in with a two-year degree, which placed me in the third year, quote-unquote, at Central. So I was working yeah. with people who were older than me by probably, again, two pushing three years. Um, but central has this weird rule where even if you're a transfer student, if you're coming in out of community college or the running start program, because you technically have to be in high school to do that program. Once you transfer and you still have to live in the dorms your first year. So you were living with freshmen doing junior work, junior level work. Mm-hmm. You weren't taking through through classes trying to get your diversity credits. No, you're sitting there trying to do science stuff. Yeah. I was sitting there trying to solve chemical equations while freshmen were running around the hall doing unmentionable freshman things. Yeah, unmentionable freshman things because they're, for the first time, outside of direct adult supervision mm-hmm. for there's, 24 hours a day. There's no holds barred. Exactly. Until you get caught. And the people that did get caught didn't care because they got caught more than once. So, Right. It wasn't their first it wasn't their first time around the block. No. In a way it's I've never I've never been to prison, but in a way I feel like a college dorm is very close to that. Oh, I'm for sure. Because you get these cliques, the- you get like these almost gangs, but there's these wardens that watch over everything and then bust you and call the cops if you get out of line, but then you do it again anyway. Yeah. Gosh. It does sound a lot like mm-hmm. a prison. But I mean it's like it's like, you know, it's like a halfway house. Because <laughs> the high school's yeah. the prison, right? High school's, high school's the, prison. the real prison. Yeah. And then you get yeah. to the halfway house where you're like, man, I can escape and go to a frat party. Mm-hmm. As long as you're back by like 10 or 11 or whenever the dorm is supposed to be like mm-hmm. quiet hours or whatever. You're cool. Yeah. Yeah. But Wildcat to the day I die. I liked it. Overall, the experience was great. Yeah. I learned a lot. Um, the biggest advantage I think about going to a school like that is the class size or I guess rather lack thereof. Um, the biggest class I was ever in was Psychology 101, and it was in an auditorium, and there was maybe, like I think, 88 people in that class, and every oh, class I had after that was smaller than that. That's um, crazy. Almost every term, the classes got smaller and smaller. The last term I was ever at Central, I think there were 10 people in my class. See, those classes are nice. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of those classes. Um, and, I mean, my largest class at University of... Washington Tacoma was um, 45 people. That's still small. Yeah. But it's still yeah. small. 
Um, but that being said, those classes are really nice because you feel like you actually know the instructor by the end. You feel like the instructor knows you if you talk. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I, I mean, I talk too much. So the instructor always knew yeah. who I was. Yeah, but but again, at the same time, though, like <clears throat> having the opportunity to develop and create those relationships with your professors is pretty amazing. I w- could probably name, at least for the courses related to my degree, because I still had to take some, you know, kind of fringe classes that were right. prerequisites for classes I really needed to take. Yeah. Um, but for all the core, core, core coursework classes that I had to take, I could probably name every professor and without being completely narcissistic they could tell you who i was yeah and tell you what they thought of me as a student i couldn't tell you if they thought it was good or bad but they could definitely tell you and i was able to get pretty solid letters of rec from all the professors i asked for one from so there there are definite advantages to small class sizes so don't be afraid to go to a small school because it's not a d1 school or it's not a recognizable school if anybody listening is still trying to go to school or make up their mind. Right. Because it can, it's all up to you. Just play it in your hand. And I mean, and you want the small classes. Yeah. I could go into my professor's office whenever I wanted and get one-on-one tutoring with the professor. Not some... Not a TA. Not a TA, not a cut rate, minimum wage library tutor. The professor of the class. Right. Which was invaluable by far. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> uh do you want to talk to the incident where you you got into some trouble at Central? Which time did I get into trouble at Central? I'm thinking in... the flag. Ooh. I'm thinking the flag on the door incident. Do you want to get into Does that? It, is, is this one about... Cause I, the, I'm talking, the, death, I'm talking death, the death threat one. Well, I want to make sure we're talking about what I got the death threats for and that that's correct. Okay. Does it or does it not have to do with a certain election? It does have to do with a certain election, yes. Okay. I think. A certain candidate in said election that was going on at the same time I was at Central. Yes. Okay. I believe believe this is the incident. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Please inform the audience about what I, I, I'm just going to refer to it as the incident. It sounds a lot more dramatic that way than maybe it really was, but... I don't know. It sounds, it sounds it, good. It, it was fun. It sounds it good fun. when you play it back and listen to this later. The incident. Yeah. Sounds good. Clip it. Um, Send it to your friends. Yeah. Ben Shapiro, you're going to want both of us on. Maybe just him, but I want to come too. Yeah, this was a while ago, though. I feel like I missed that boat. Um so I arrived at Central Washington University in the fall of 2015. Fast forward to June 2016, the Republican primaries for the 2016 election are in full swing. Yep. Um, I, from the moment <clears throat> he announced his candidacy, mm-hmm. Trump was my guy. That's it. Yep. Cats out of the bag. Dirty words. People the are shutting the podcast off as we speak. Yep, it just went silent. Now it's just a conversation between Adam and I. That's right. But, but it always was that in the beginning anyway. So. I want I want to make a disclaimer in that... Well, we'll probably get into this by reason of the discussion anyway. But 
there there are definite things that in retrospect that have happened since him taking office that I don't agree with at all. I don't I've never agreed with the man 100%. Oh yeah, I think most of the people who voted for him are like, "Oh." <laughs> Again, exactly, but look at our options on the election. Yeah, they weren't okay. great. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty But bad he was my guy. And the only and the reason I chose him was because he wasn't establishment. Yeah. He had all the money in the world already. You couldn't buy him out anymore. Seemingly. That was this is this is all my thought process. Whether right, this yeah. will come to fruition to be totally false down the road or anything like that, I, I don't know. The Russians Hashtag no collusion. Um <clears throat> Yeah, no for sure. <laughs> the, the, the document says what it says. <clears throat> due process. We did we talked about We did that. talk about due process. That was two um, years of due process. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> I printed out I'm sorry, Donald Trump. I printed out your campaign sign. I didn't buy it from you. Oof. I just printed it out on a nine, on a nine and a half sheet, a nine and a half inch by eleven sheet of, I think, A1 paper. Okay. Um, okay. Did you use the school printer? No, I used my own printer. Oh, gosh, you got to stick it to the man, dude. I was debating using my printing allowance allotted to me by the school to print these things because I knew the school wouldn't like it. Yeah. This is also a hindsight of my maturation process and that I kind of regret in my younger years when I was in younger, college at SPS. Me two years ago. Like <laughs> two years ago. At SPS, <laughs> which I graduated SPS four years ago now, actually. That's crazy to think about. No, it was only three. Fifteen. Oh, fifteen. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I was needlessly always a contrarian sometimes for the sake of only being contrarian and nothing else mistake okay big mistake i'll admit that i'm take, a big enough take man the hint, kids i'm a big enough man to admit that pick your fights don't be a contrarian just for the sake of being a contrarian it's one of the minor regrets of my life okay but at the school i was like you know what i think that's a, i think that's going to be a, a fundamental point going forward in the story yes don't be a contrarian for the sake of Because it just gets your life threatened. That's right. <laughs> Try not to get your life threatened, kids. Um, Children. Everybody was hanging up campaign signs all over campus in their dorm windows, right? Because you have to walk. Okay, so you could, you could see in the you dorm You can see windows. them. You can see them. There's Hillary. There's Bernie. Um, I think that was probably it on the see Democratic Ted side. Cruz sign? There was one or two Ted Cruz signs, but My that dudes. was about it. Um, there was no Jeb Bush. See, I wouldn't expect Jeb Bush, though. No, he's an East Coast guy. Um, uh, what, who else was running? Who else was running? Was... See, they're all uh, they're all pointless characters now. Ben Ben Carson was running. Yeah, I've again, I like him on a fundamental platform standpoint, but after Rubio, he... Rubio signs. There were no Rubio signs actually. Interesting, because mm-hmm. he he would have appealed to a younger demographic, I thought. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, Chris Christie. Did you get some Chris Christie signs? No. No, no Chris Christie signs. <laughs> you'd be like you'd be like, that um, guy's with the mob right there. Walking by his dorm room. I'm confused. Is this guy a politician or a Krispy Kreme spokesperson? I know. I don't know. You could but look at him and think he was a Krispy Kreme spokesperson. Both. I don't know. He kind of looks like a villain from a superhero movie. He does kind of. He's got like that corporate look. The big, fat corporate look. 
you know just doesn't like, care like doesn't leave the office mm-hmm. you know doesn't like leave the office doesn't care how he looks because he's got enough money to tell you to bug off yes and he'll just buy his way out anyway anyway so trump was my guy yep printed out a sign hung it in my window just like everybody else was hanging their guy or gal sign hillary Clinton's a woman hanging their their candidates sign in their window respect um people don't give me enough credit for being a nice guy so i just figured i'd throw that in there okay uh, their candidates. I don't know how much credit you get for a nice guy when you gotta re- tell tell everybody I'm a nice guy, guys. Really, their candidate <laughs> sign in their window. Okay, and so I hung it up in my window. At first, you know, it wasn't too big of a deal, but this were were it was actually May, May 2016, and um, so you're about to leave school at this point. Yeah, we're coming up on finals week. Um, in two, this was like two weeks before finals week, I think. So end of May or early June was somewhere in there. Um, and at first, it just kind of started with a couple pebbles being thrown at my window. Like, oh, he'll never win. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, fair enough. Someone, you know, all but one person loses the election. So right. odds are against you for the most part. You know, whoever you... he was an outlier for a yeah, long time. Exactly, election. exactly. So, I mean, but I mean, even if you have one of the top establishment candidates, the odds are against you. You take 20 guys, 19 of them are going to lose. Yep. So it didn't bother me at all. Not a big deal. I, um, I sleep with my window open. I love sleeping in the cold. And in Ellensburg in May, there's not a lot of that going around. Yep. So the window was always open. And so people would start waking me up in the middle of the night. And then it started progressing. And people would throw like water balloons at my window. And these are 50-year-old single-pane glass windows. So it's not going to take a lot to break them. And I was yeah. just hoping, you know what, just don't break the window. I don't care. But then people would like shout out my, you know, into my window as they were walking by. Obscenities. That shall not be. I, I put the clean label on this I was going to say, we're, we're so. not going to put the little E next to this podcast. Right. So, um, it started progressing. We get to the week before finals week. Uh-huh. So, dead week. Mm-hmm. Dead week. Now that I think about it, is ironic. Ironically named for what <laughs> well, for what was about to happen. Um, <clears throat> I was quite literally pulled aside by one of the people in the dorm, who was like, "You need to hide or call the police." And I was like, "Why?" And they explained to me that. This is what really bothered me. They knew who was making the threats, but didn't want to get caught in the middle of it, so they wouldn't tell me who was making the threats against my life. Hmm. So I was like, you care enough to tell me my life's being threatened, but you don't care about me enough as a friend and fellow like dorm mate that right. you'll tell me who it is. Oh, was this Was this your... I mean, I don't want to out anybody, but was this person in dorm leadership? No. This person okay. was not. The this first person, person to warn me was not. Okay. Um, multiple people ended up warning me. This person was not. The first person was not. Second person, um, there was a couple of fellows that lived at the... I lived on the top floor. There was a couple guys that lived at the end of the floor, on my floor, at the end of the hall. And they would run by in the middle of the night and just, like, beat the crap out of my door in the middle of the night and, like, wake me up. I was mm. like, okay. So that was going on. But then um, 
we both ended up in the bathroom at the same time at one point. And he was like, yo, boy, you better take that flag out of your window or I'm going <laughs> to beat you and yeah. whatever. And I was like, okay. He didn't, I need to take the, I need to redact ha- at least half of what I just said. Because it wasn't, he didn't say he was going to beat me. He said someone was going to beat me up. Okay. But he was there squaring me up in the bathroom. That's all concrete and tile and everything. Yeah. Like, anyway. Um, another day goes by and the RA knocks on my door. I don't know it's my RA, but I opened the door. <clears throat> was in the middle of writing or studying for finals. And he's like, you need to take the sign down from your window. And I said, why? Yeah. And he said, because people have officially filed a complaint and we have reason to believe that there have been credible threats filed against your life. So, so at this point, you've see, you see people with the Bernie signs. Mm-hmm. You see people with the Hillary signs. Mm-hmm. You see people, a couple people with the Cruz signs. Mm-hmm. Did you see anybody else with Trump signs around campus? Because it, it would seem to me that the Trump signs shouldn't be like an outlier in Ellensburg. Anymore, they're not so much. At the time, they were. People were still kind of nervous about it. They were okay. like, oh, I don't know. They didn't want to be early adopters. No, there was not a lot of early adoption for him, um, at least when I was there. Or at least public mm-hmm. adoption for it. I saw maybe one or two, but they were on like the complete opposite side of the campus, so their relevance to where I was okay, was, so they were, they were was not far there. from where yeah. you were. Um, <clears throat> and the, one, <clears throat> the ones you could see were not hung in the window, but they were visible through the window. So like... Whoever was living in that room could just shut the blinds and you couldn't see the sign anymore. Oh, interesting. Mine was actually in and on the window Mm -hmm. to be seen all the time. Anyway, so I was like, well, and this, unfortunately, this RA was the one I got along the best with. And I knew he was just doing his job because he was told to do it. So I didn't want to give him a super hard time over it because you could see on his face that he hated having to, like, be confrontational about this. Yeah. And... But I was like, you know, um, I asked him how much trouble I could get in if I refused just to kind of test the waters. And he was like, well, you could face a hearing summons to basically what is like court for students. You have to go to like the campus housing administration or whatever to be heard. Right. You have to take like an appeal case to them. And he was like, and you could face... Not expulsion, but some more other disciplinary action. Um, yeah. And I was like, they, well... They put a note in your file, basically. Yeah, they put a note on your file. And so basically anything that happens after that gets multiplied by that because that's already kind of like, quote unquote, on your record. So then they can yeah. be like, well, you don't have a clean record, so we're just going to throw the book at you now or whatever. So right. it, it puts you on big notice. Right. And so I refused. We kind of went back and forth for a little bit. I told the RA, I was like, if you want to go get the dorm manager and bring her back here, that's fine. That's what you're going to have to do because, Kenny, I love you, but I'm not taking the sign out of my window. Yeah. He was like, all right, I can't blame you. Thanks 
for listening. Have a good day. I get called downstairs later. Like, or no, I called the dorm manager mm-hmm. and requested an emergency meeting. That's a, that's a student right. As long as the manager is available, if he requests a student me- emergency meeting with someone, you're ha- you like have to be given it within a certain amount of time. Right. Two hours later, I'm in her apartment in the dorm. She lives on the first floor, and there's a cop. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, cop. <clears throat> the cop is like, are you Wyatt? And I was like, yeah, I'm Wyatt. <laughs> and he's like, well, we've received a filing or a report or whatever it was that someone's been making death threats against you. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I feel, feel great. <laughs> I feel great. It's dead. It's dead week. Yeah. I'm studying, but yeah. Thanks for bringing this up in right before finals. But other than that, I feel great. And he's like, "Okay, well, do you want the university police?" Then and there, offered me protection to go like to and from classes. And they're like, "Just tell us your class schedule. We'll help you out." And I was like, "Nah, officer, appreciate it, but I'm fine." He's like, "But I gotta tell you." Now that you've refused protection, if you do end up getting in any kind of altercation, we find out it's your fault. It's going to carry more repercussions for you. Because, like, we offered you this opportunity. Just basically saying that since I won't have their protection, anything that happens is just going to put me at that much more risk for it being my fault. Being found right. to be my fault. Right, because you don't have a, a pair of officer's eyes on the case looking at it as it happens. To see and handle the situation. Okay. So the, it just places me at greater risk to be found guilty versus knowingly not guilty because the officer was there to witness said potential incident okay um i was like i understand appreciate it thank you he was like all right i gotta go back on patrol i was like cool see you later but then i spoke with the dorm manager who was getting her master's degree in some sort of uh feminist theory oh um, Interesting. Was very upset that I had it in my window in the first place, but she was like, you know, it's not my place as the dorm manager to tell you what you can and cannot do with your window, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> since we have this official filing complaint, I have to ask you to take it out of your window, and you have to take it out of your window. And I was like, before I do, what would happen if I went around campus and filed a complaint about every single Bernie and Hillary sign I saw in dorm room windows on this campus. She was like, well, they would have to be reviewed first, but then if they moved forward with it, same conversation would happen that I'm having with you here. And I was like, if you make me take that sign out of my window, I'm going to do that very thing for every sign. I will leave this office and start counting those signs and filing reports against every single one of them. And she was like, so quid pro quo, essentially. Yeah. I was like, you. I told her verbatim. I was like, whatever you want to do, I'll go one step further. Like, whatever you want to come at me for, I'll just flip the rule book over and send it right back at you. Like, Because at some point, somebody has to see that it's a sign. It's mm-hmm. not, it's, I mean, you're not, it's not graphic. I'm not. It's not, other than, other than it says somebody's name yep. that they're running for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could it could have said Joe Schmo, and people are like, Joe Schmo's a racist. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, no. No, Joe Schmo's just a dumb name. But, um, yeah, and again, in this particular situation, I wasn't intentionally trying to be contrarian. I was trying to stand up 
to a system that in the moment I saw is broken because it was only being unilaterally enforced. Or it was it was being not not unilaterally because that would be across the board, but it was being enforced in specific cases that the administration didn't like. Or that true. certain dorm managers didn't like or whatever. Yeah, or certain students <clears> that <throat> then leveraged the dorm manager. I don't mm-hmm. know. Leverage is a bad term because that makes it sound like they bought her off under the table, which I'm sure they didn't. No. But, um, but I was just trying to do what I saw as something to counter an injustice in the moment, just like she would if mm-hmm. the tables were turned. Right. You know, as someone getting a master's degree in feminist theory. Um, credit to her. She was a great conflict manager. That's probably mm-hmm. why she got the job. Yeah. Um, so she was like, well, if that's what you want to do, that's what you're going to do. So I left and I said, I'm not going to take, well, before I left, I said, I'm not going to take the sign out. And she said, well, I'm going to forward your case to the housing administration. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so then I got summoned to a meeting the first week of the next term. Because going into finals week, after all that happened, mm-hmm. this nothing physical happened after that, but then it had to go into the administrative process. So that took two, three weeks. Started next term, I have to go to a meeting. Um, the guy named Eric, he super cool. I ended up actually after this becoming almost best friends with the guy. Um, because he understood where I was coming from, 100%. Even though he didn't necessarily agree. Which I think is the great thing that more colleges should be doing is that even though you disagree with someone, you can see where they're coming from, use the rules that are in place and still come to a mutually beneficial agreement. Hmm. That's a pretty good framework. Um, but he basically said that his hands were tied and he would still have to make at least a note of it with no disciplinary action. But he asked me if I knew that I was facing disciplinary action and he, I told him yes. He was like, you still want to move forward with this? And I was like, well, before I came to this meeting, I did take it out of my window. But only to come to this meeting and say, I did take it out of my window with a clean conscience and not lie to you. And he was like, okay, fair enough. But you can understand that we don't want... He cited some rule to me that said... Um, Every, you can have whatever you want in your windows. I looked through top to bottom that the manual for student rights. Mm-hmm. Students are allowed to have whatever they want in their windows as long as it doesn't discriminate or is graphic or is grotesque or um, makes someone feel, this is the line they used against me, make another student feel unsafe in their living environment. Interesting. So someone found that line in the student handbook quoted that line to the hall manager and then filed the complaint against me. And so that's how they got me. Hmm. So I said, I basically got out of it on a technicality where I could say, you know, well, obviously having my life threatened makes me feel unsafe. So they were like, well, you just need to take it out of your window. Anyway, long story short, it ended up staying in my window for only like another week 
I came to the conclusion after winning my case that after all that headache, it just really wasn't worth it. And school was coming to an end anyway, so I just took it out of the window. But I did go through the system of the school, top to bottom, have my life threatened during finals week of all time. So it's a great time to have your <laughs> life threatened. Yeah. And then uh, got to work with a bunch of representatives from the university. There was another guy there who, two guys there, Representative Manweller. I worked with him. Um, not probably a good name to be dropping right now because he got fired after being accused of sexual assault, which was unsubstantiated, I might add. But definitely not... I haven't looked at the specifics of that case in particular. The one claim I did see that the lady... Because there, there were multiple claims. But the one claim that they actually have video of is very ticky-tack. She claims that he was like stalking her and leaned over like her shoulder and was like looking down her shirt or something gross, right? In the video, he like leans over her and grabs a folder off the table and that's it. Like, because they were in a meeting. And so he just leans over her chair and picks up a folder and she claimed that he was doing something dirty. Huh. So anyway, maybe those other claims are something there. I don't know. Yeah. I was not involved with the case. I wasn't there when it happened. But I do know the one case that got a lot of attention was pretty ticky-tack. Okay. And it was on film. Like, yeah. he reached over her chair her shoulder and picked like a stack or a couple of folders up off the table and then that was it interesting and then asked her to pass him something and apparently she thought that was you know an unwanted approach him well, asking baby, her to pass why don't you pass me like whatever you yeah know? pass me that pen and okay. Be like, okay he assaulted her i guess anyway. <laughs> but i got to work with a lot of those All guys right. and see how the system works and it was cool. okay yeah. so it was it was a good experience but like you said, you would you would look back on it and go, I learned in that experience that it may be better to... So I guess what specifically would you have done different knowing what you know now? Would you still go through the entire process and the system knowing that it's going to end up in a big nothing burger? Or would you just take it out of the window, knowing that you were going to take it, you took it out eventually? I don't know that I would take it out because I knew I would take it out eventually because I only took it out after I won my case. Right. So if I had to take it out because I'd lost my case or it was disciplinary action or whatever, then, yeah, no, I wouldn't have put it up in the first place because that's just, like, prematurely admitting defeat. But I think I think I would do it again if only because I think if people stop doing the small... Because in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small thing. It had no impact on culture it had no impact on history it only right. impacted literally maybe five people's lives in total like it was a very small incident but mm -hmm. i think if people stop doing that on each individual case then you have a matriculation effect where that just grows and grows and grows to the point where everybody stops doing something good maybe not okay. inherently good but situationally right so just just to have it as a has, have it as a point in the future to say, listen, I went through that same thing. 
mm-hmm. you can do X, Y, Z. Yeah. That's, to, that's why you do it again. Yeah, because if, yeah, if I had to surrender that as a learning experience in my life, I wouldn't want to do that. Okay. I wouldn't want to not have that experience of having to feel that amount of stress and feel that amount of pressure to work through a system for something that in the moment I knew was right. And again, it wasn't because I was defending the candidate. It was because I was defending the principle upon which all this was happening. Right. Um, but yeah, I would, for those reasons, I would do it again. If it were to happen again today, where based on the defense of some principle, maybe not a person mm. or an entity or a company or whatever, but on based on a principle, I would do it again. Okay. So that's interesting because, I mean, I, I would assume that if somebody had... You know, let's say they're at Liberty, right? Liberty mm-hmm. University over mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Um, and they had a Bernie sign. And Liberty came through and said, hey, listen, you can't be preaching socialism here. We don't do that kind of thing around here. Um, I, I would say to the Bernie Sanders student, dude, fight that. I would tell him the same thing. I would. You, you, There's no reason that they should be coming up and saying that sign is offensive. I mean... Wearing a, a Che Guevara shirt around, right? I see people do it all the time. All the time. but And you can disagree with the man that Che was, but you don't necessarily... It doesn't mean that you can't wear it around. No. And I think... If you want to support Bernie, go for it. I think Bernie is a pretty... I honestly think he's probably the most honest candidate. He probably is the most honest, but also has a lot of really crazy ideas and i think that's why people well, like for him. sure and i mean same thing with trump back in the day people were mm-hmm. really concerned because they were like does this guy even know what he's saying i don't even think he knows the political process what is going on and then you know he wins and people are like oh crap you can come from nowhere mm-hmm. have no experience know nothing other than you know i used to fire people on tv yeah, yeah. and people are like oh yeah electable but, at the same, at the same time, you know, kind of going back to that, if the if Liberty University told a Bernie supporter they can't have a sign in their window, I would tell him to fight it. I would tell him my story, and I would support him if he asked for it. I would support yeah. him. Yeah, for sure. You got a right. You got to fight for the right to party, as yeah. the Beastie Boys once said. The infamous Beastie Boys. The infamous Beastie the Boys. Infamous they Beastie also said, uh, no sleep till Brooklyn, which I think you'd have a hard time doing. You could probably drive straight to Brooklyn without any sleep, don't you think? From here? I don't want to try. That's 3,000 miles. Yeah. I don't want to try. How, you, how, how long do you think it would take? Let's say you're going 70 all the way. How long would it take? 70 miles an hour. Okay, so how many miles is this? Like 3,000 miles? Let's do some quick math here. Quick maps. So say it's 3,000 miles. Divided by 70. 70 miles an hour. That's 42 hours. 42.85 hours. That's straight driving. Straight driving. Not yeah. sleeping. Right. So not only are you not sleeping, but you're mentally working. Yes. Keeping the car at the same speed, keeping the car in your lane, mm-hmm. not hitting other cars around you or deer that jump out in the middle of the road. You have to be yep. very cognitively aware for 42.85 hours. I don't yeah. want to do that. I, I wouldn't want to do that either. That would be that would be stressful, and I try to eliminate stress from my life. 
Yeah. I love driving. I do. Oh, yeah. Driving's great. I love driving fast, especially. But I don't like it enough to do it for 42 hours straight. 43 hours straight. Well, what's... what's um, uh, the Is it Le Mans? Yeah, 24 the, hours. Yeah, they do the 24 hours. And that's one driver, isn't it? No, it's a team. It's a team. Okay. It's a team. So they, they, they switch out... Uh, drivers they, same they, car though right yeah they they take um each driver drives i think six hours that's still a long time i don't to be driving a car 200 miles an hour upwards of that depends yeah. on what class you're in so lamont has a lot of different classes and so yeah. there's different classes of cars that race at different speeds um, but they're all on the track at the same time so mm -hmm. fast that kind of makes it fun the, so stay frosty yeah because the fast cars are going to come up on the slow cars really quick and you're racing at night, you know, it's 24 yep. hours. You got to see and dodge those cars in excess of 200 miles an hour for the faster cars. And yeah. Somewhere in the 160s, 180s for the slower GT cars. Mm -hmm. But yeah, six hours total driving for each driver. I don't think they do it all at once, but still six hours where you're competitively driving. Yeah. Is pretty crazy. Yeah. That is, that is pretty nuts. So... Moving on from Central, mm -hmm. right now, what are you doing? I am in a doctorate of physical therapy program at University of St. Augustine for health sciences. Why do you consistently put yourself in hard situations? Because let's let's be real. Yeah. It takes you gotta you gotta be kind of hard headed to do the to do the flag thing, right? Mm -hmm. Or to do the to do the sign thing. Mm -hmm. And then follow that all the way through and then do the do the doctorate program because how long is that going to take you if you count the two years that it took me at south puget sound to get my aa while i was in high school plus the two and a half years i was at central this will be another four years so eight years a little over eight years total right so and a long time you're in yeah i'm sorry about this fly this fly is insane if you guys um, heard me just slap myself in the face, <laughs> there's a fly in here. Um, so, but you're not just going to school down there. You fly down there oh, yeah. every other week. Yes. So my school schedule is we are on 16-week trimesters, um, which the baby is due soon. We're coming up on our third trimester. There we go. Um just finished term two. But anyway, um, we fly back and forth. Well, I fly back and forth to San Diego. A lot of the, so f roughly 500 people apply to this school. I'm one of 30 who got into this cohort. Um, and so of those 30, only 26 are left right now. And we just finished the second out of 12 terms. And there's already four people gone. Most of those people are from in California. There's a handful that fly. Hmm. Um, me, one other girl from Seattle, and then everybody else flies in from like Oregon or, or NorCal. Hmm. Um, short flights. Yeah, short flights for them. Mine's about, it's, believe it or not, it's longer coming back to Seattle than it is going down. No. And that's mostly just because of the flight path, because from San Diego, you take a different, yeah, a longer route. Anyway, but I fly back and forth to San Diego two times a month. So it works out roughly to be every other week. This term, uh, we flew two weekends in a row. I just flew back and forth to San Diego two weekends in a row. 
Wow. So I was home for basically three days and then... And then flew, flew back, back out. Yeah, for another three days. So what... Why? Why... <clears throat> why do you run so hard? Because I don't know how to stop. <laughs> the the goal was to be able to get into a job well going all the way back to the civil air patrol and law enforcement explorer thing they're just like challenging experiences number one hmm. um but then i wanted to be able to turn that into a job and or a career where i could work in a very active setting hopefully and potentially working within treating athletes whether it's at a d1 school at a professional level and hockey football baseball whatever I wanted to do something like that and i've always wanted to help people like the jobs i always looked at in the military were to help people too um but pt was just the way to go so um because i always liked medicine too mm. and so helping people in medicine is just but once I became a a junior in high school, I started to become pretty active, too. Before that, I wasn't active at all. Um, I was, like, 240 pounds as a sophomore in high school. <laughs> um, but, so, just kind of that triplet, being active, helping people in medicine, PT was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I left Central my prime option for doctorate school was University of Puget Sound. Um, mm-hmm. But I was going to have to delay a year to take other elective uh, prerequisites than mm-hmm. what I would have thought I had to take at the moment. Um, or I could do this, they call it a flex program for University of St. Augustine. So you go back and forth. Um, so you can still work. And I was able to find a job um that would allow me to do that program. And so it was gonna be wait a year and do a three-year program or start right away with this flex program Mm -hmm. for four years. So it was gonna be the same amount of gross time. Um, So I just chose the one that would get me started now. But I don't like doing easy things for the most part. Like I love sitting at home when I have free time and playing video games as much as the next guy or watching documentaries to educate myself as much as the next person likes not doing anything yeah but when it comes to things that are going to affect my life i don't like easy things i read this book called do hard things yes the do hard things book i tried to read that one time Mm -hmm. and because it was assigned to me it just wasn't interesting it wasn't interesting so isn't it funny how that works like you could read that book in total leisure Yep. And then love it, but as soon as it becomes mandatory, it's like, oh, this book sucks. Yep. I read it. I couldn't even tell you what it's about right now. It was assigned to me. Okay. And I think that's the only book I've ever read that was assigned to me that I actually liked. Oh, really? Um, and I don't know. It was just like, don't be lazy. Mm-hmm. Earn what you need. Find the opportunity to do what you need to do and do it. Mm-hmm. And... Go out there and get it. And a lot of that is probably from my dad, too. Like, he's always been a, like, earn-your-way type of person. Mm -hmm. My family's never been big on on handouts. So that that combo, the book, my parents, 
and then just my personal preferences. I don't like easy things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, in, in, I mean, even if you don't like easy things necessarily, there's still got to be times that get really, really tough, right? Yeah. Um, term two that we just finished, right around midterms, I was pretty heavily debating my position in PT school because it was that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing that a lot of the doctorates level students deal with called imposter syndrome. And basically what that is is that you start to feel like you don't belong there because it's so hard. You're like, how did I get here? Like, hey, do I even... I got that too. See, that's what I I'm saying. I got that too. Once you get to some level of challenge, whether yeah. it's in school, education, or you're a triathlete and then you start running Ironmans or training for an Ironman and you're like, I don't think I should be here, you know? Or, yeah. So anything like that. I started to deal with that quite a lot. Um, but I was like weighing my options. I was like, okay, if I drop out of PT school, that's it. I wasted yeah. all this time, wasted all this money, you know, because I, I have to pay for the flights out of my own pocket. Right. And I had to pay to fly down there for an interview to even get into the school. Like all this adds up. Um, but I guess it does get hard, but I think if I remember, this is really cliche. This is like yeah. one of those cliche entrepreneurial quotes, <laughs> whereas like when you, when you feel like giving up, remember why you started in the first place. And yeah. I think that's been a pretty good reminder. So that's how you, kind of. that's how you keep yourself motivated then. Just yeah, remembering and, why you started in the beginning. Because yeah. I've gotten I've gotten really down. Like, uh, I mean, I only had to go three quarters, mm-hmm. right? And then I'll have I'll have my degree. But twelve nice. trimesters. Mm-hmm. That's four babies. Basically, <laughs> I can have, have you could have four, four babies in the time it takes to get my doctor's degree. Done. Yeah. You could still have three. I don't know why. You got you to work on this. Not feeling it. Gotta get going. Do you know? How, um, do you know how hard it is to try and convince someone to like you enough to let you be gone as much as I'm gone and as much as I'm working? You know that I assume that would be very rough. Dude, it I doesn't barely, work out for a lot I of live people. with my family. Yeah, and I haven't seen them at all today. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. gone all the other weekends of the month. You know, mm-hmm. like that. That's a pretty hard thing to get someone to buy into. It, yeah, I agree. Very difficult. So, I don't blame you. Just saying. And then to give them three babies, just be like, "Come on, man." I, I won't. I won't. That's make a, a joke. special. That's, that's a special person. That is a very special person, and you should put a ring on it if you ever find that person. Also, note for the people out there, if you ever find that person, put a ring on it. So, because Beyonce said so. Because Beyonce said so, and what Beyonce says must be true. Pretty sure it's in the Bible. Somewhere in there. Queen if you like it, then B. you better put a ring on it. Queen B. No, not not that is in the Bible. Queen B is in the Bible. Oh. It says right there. Right Queen there. Queen B. Is that Second Opinions, chapter 39, verse 107? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know exactly second, where it is. Second Opinion. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Uh, <laughs> second Opinion. Um, that's all, that's all I really had 
kind of typed out. I just wanted to see kind of like what what your motivation was. Yeah. To really do like keep doing very hard things. I saw midterms last term where it got hard. I literally downloaded a bunch of different wallpapers that were just logos of different uh, teams that I would want to work for in the future mm-hmm. and made that like the lock screen on my computer, on my iPad, on my phone. There you go. It was a different one on each one. So I'm a big Formula One racing fan. Um, there's an American Formula One team, Haas F1. And I made their logo. Shout out Haas F1. Sure. <laughs> sure. If you're listening, guys, I sent you an email with my resume. Haven't heard back from you yet. Like to talk to you. Not passive aggressive or anything. Um, And I made their logo. I downloaded their logo, put it on my iPad, and then I downloaded like the Mariners logo on my phone. Yeah. And then something else. But just like you got to keep something there, like the carrot in front of the horse. Right. Maybe that's a demeaning way to to talk about myself. I don't know. Then I'm the horse, and there's a carrot. As long as you're not talking about somebody else. Oh, cool. Self-deprecation is cool. Yes. I like that. I can get behind that. Fair enough. I think self-deprecation is spelled exact, exactly like self-depreciation. So it's it's just w- a different... I wouldn't be surprised. It's just a different way. Because obviously, being an accountant, we deal with depreciation all the time. Mm-hmm. And when I read that word, I was like, self-depreciation. Wait a minute. No, that's not how you say it. Why do they put that accent on? So, mm. anyway. Mm. Yeah. Weird calls, weird reads. Yeah, Um, that's true. So good times. It is. It has been a good. What did we say it was? Six years. Six years. Six years of pretty good. Six years. The the Um, White and Adam show. The White. white, Now the flies on the microphone. Now he He wants to be interviewed. I I literally heard it, so now everybody's going to hear the fly. We're not kidding. There is a fly. Um, Proof. Cool. So. I've hit everything I wanted to hit. Wyatt, do you have anything else you want to hit before we go? I don't think so. I do feel like I chewed up a, an unnecessary amount of time on that one topic. but uh, I literally spent 20 minutes talking about um, that professor. Yeah. I spent a lot of time at the beginning yeah. talking about that professor. So yeah. I'll have uh, to come back sometime and we can talk like... We'll come back in a year. We'll okay. revisit it in a year. See where we. So then you can then you can tell us all about feeling depressed again because I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. There's a very let me <laughs> let me rephrase that. There's a not rephrase but clarify. There's a very big difference between questioning where you're at and depression. I was never depressed for legal reasons. For legal reasons, not depressed. Nope. Definitely not depressed. Nope. No, I've. No I will say, signs. I will say, and the reason I think I keep doing what I do, and someone asked me this the other day on, it was like on Instagram or, or something, they put like a, tell me what you're thankful for on their story. And I was like, what am I thankful for? And the very first thing that came to my mind was the amazing support I have from friends and family that still support me, even though they see me as little as they do mm-hmm. while I'm chasing down what i want to do like i told you i haven't seen my family at all today yeah i'm gonna go home i might see half of them when i leave here yeah you know or i'm gone all the other weekends or like at brick or at church like i'm tomorrow's probably gonna be the first day i've been at church in like a month 
at least a month. So, yeah. I mean, being able to know that I still have that support network is, is pretty cool. You guys are rock solid. Do you want to give a shout out to Caden? Because I gave her, I told her. Are we contractually obligated to give Caden a shout out now that she knows I was going to be on the show? That's a good question. I don't think it's at the end, so I don't know if she'll make it this far. Is she? Is she an hour and a half committed to this show? No, she's not an hour and a half committed to this show. Good. Okay, so shout out to Caden. Thank you for keeping Wyatt motivated. We're hedging our bets. So what we're going to do now? Is we're yep. going to ask everybody that did make it this far yep. to make bets with Caden that, yeah, we did give her a shout out and she's going to take the no. But at the absolute end. Yeah, at the, at the very end. Bet like a dollar. Know. Bet a dollar or a no, coffee. No, take like all her money. A chai or something like that because she doesn't drink coffee. Okay. Bet how or something weird, like how that. How weird is that? You live in the state that basically invented commercial coffee and she doesn't drink any of it. I... I've been trying to understand for a long time. But that's the shout out she gets. That's the shout out. Ridicule for no coffee. Ridicule and thank you for supporting Wyatt. Uh, Other than that, that, uh, you can respond to this at maybe another time. Maybe she'll be on the podcast. I don't know. What are you guys going to talk about? I don't I guess... I, I can see it. There's knitting podcasts. You know that, right? Yeah. I've, I've, there's po- Dude, there's podcasts for everything. I mean, yes. we literally spent we literally spent half an hour talking about a professor that probably maybe a thousand people have taken. Yeah. That none of the people listening know that we'll ever meet, that we'll probably. ever know who we're talking about. Because we, we'll we didn't even drop about. a name. I don't remember his name. That's the problem. I know. We is. we said he was this great guy, but we can't remember his first. <laughs> can't remember he's got his three name, names: a, a first, a middle, and a last name. We can't remember any of them. None of them. But he was oh, a great guy. Gosh, it's still not coming back. I see his face. I could see his face, and it's not coming back. I'm just gonna call him Josh Brolin Jr. Josh Brolin Jr. Stay fresh, for the rest of you out in Radio Land. Till next time.